Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Stan Bush. Hi, this is Stephanie Calvert. This is John Payne. This is Jack Hughes. Hey, everybody. This is Prescott Niles. Hi, I'm Carrie Stevens. Hello, I'm Kofi Baker. And you're listening to Play That Rock and Roll. This is not a test, this is Play That Rock and Roll. I'm your host, Joe Kay, and today our guest is Mark Farner, the original lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for Grand Funk Railroad. Grand Funk Railroad is one of the seminal classic rock bands of the 1970s with big hits like I'm Your Captain, The Locomotion, Some Kind of Wonderful, and of course, We're an American Band. Mark is now a solo artist, and he has a new album coming out called Rock and Roll Soul Live 1989. This live album is from a recording of a show that Mark played at a festival back in 1989 called Woodstock 20 Years Later. And it's a really good live album, which should definitely please some old-school Grand Funk fans, as live albums were a huge part of Grand Funk's success. So, of course, we talk about this album in the interview, but... We start off the conversation on a different topic. As I am posting this interview on Veterans Day weekend, Mark is the perfect guest because he has spent a large part of his career doing a lot of fantastic and admirable work on behalf of U.S. veterans. He has done many benefits and fundraisers for them over the years. In fact, he put out a live DVD just a couple of years ago called uh, From Chili with Love, which raised a lot of money for veterans. But beyond the money, he has also played shows for veterans, met with them and their families, uh, heard their stories, spoke with them. And I have a lot of admiration for that because actions speak louder than words. And that work that he's done is patriotism in action. So the first question of the interview is on that topic. From there, we do talk about how this live album came to be, and after that, we get into some rather interesting aspects of Mark's career. Uh, We talk about uh, how he felt uh, when he found out that he was mentioned as uh, one of Homer Simpson's favorite artists on The Simpsons. (laughs) We talk about what it was like for him to work with Jim Peterick on projects like World Stage and the recordings that they've done together. And we even talk a little bit about what is now known as the Satanic Panic of the 1980s. 
If you didn't know, Mark is a devout Christian, and in the 1980s, he produced a series of records of faith-based uh, Christian rock music, which he calls God Rock. Now, around that same time, there were a lot of religious fundamentalists, televangelists, and even politicians demonizing rock and roll artists as Satan worshipers and, you know, the devil's music. And Mark told me that he had people protesting at his concerts, despite the fact that he's a Christian himself. So he told me about his experience going out and meeting with some of these people, and even going to their events and hearing firsthand their proclamations against rock and roll. And I just think his insight here is fascinating, because Mark was a guy who was caught between two worlds, rock and roll and religion. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Mark is very funny and insightful, so I would like to thank him for his time and uh, his candor in this conversation. I'd also like to thank his management and Liberation Hall for getting this set up for me. Uh, I've worked with Liberation Hall in the past. I always appreciate when I'm able to speak to one of their artists. And of course, I have to thank Pantheon Podcasts, of which this show is a proud member. And finally, I need to mention, if you'd like to get a signed copy of Rock and Roll Soul Live 1989, you need to get your pre-order in before November 17th. All pre-orders submitted by November 17th will be signed by Mark, but after that date, he will not be signing anymore. So, if you want a signed copy of the CD, DVD, or vinyl, colored vinyl, by the way, if you want a signed copy, you have to get your pre-order in now. So without further ado, on this Veterans Day weekend, I am proud to present my conversation with Mark Farner. Hey, everybody in the world, so when you know what you got, let everybody know you've got some rock and roll soul. Thank you for coming by. Uh, yeah, man. Today I am wearing uh, my Joe Walsh shirt, and I picked this shirt because uh, you and Joe sort of remind me of each other in the sense that uh, you're both kick-ass guitar players and singers, but you also have both done a great deal of incredible work on behalf of uh, veterans. And I just have a lot of admiration for that. And I just wonder, I know it's a little heavy to start an interview with, but I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about what that has meant to you, not just doing fundraisers and benefits for benefit uh, veterans, but meeting them and their families and hearing their stories. How has that impacted you? Well, it's impacted me in a way that just makes me want to continue uh, helping the veterans whenever I can, doing whatever I can. And uh, the the satisfaction, I, you just can't weigh it, Joe. It is, uh, it is beyond measure, and it is something that comes not in the form of cash. It comes in the form of good heart, man. It does my heart good to do my brothers and sisters good. And uh, what a great bunch. There's not a better bunch of people in this country uh, or from this country uh, around the world <laughs> scattered the way they are. But they don't get a lot of attention. They don't get the accolades that they should get. They don't get 
uh, honorable mentions, as they should. And ever since that whole thing with the Vietnam veterans returning and being spat upon and cursed at and, you know, that really sent people in a tailspin. And because most people that watch mainstream ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, all that horse crap that's bought and paid for and controlled narrative, uh, they can form a wrong opinion. And uh, I have talked with people about this. And so, you know, the hardest thing for somebody once they've made up their mind about something, Brother Joe, is to admit that they were wrong about that. You know, it's this, this element of human pride jumps up in a way. Our ego jumps up there and goes, oh, we've never made a bad mistake. I've never made a wrong decision. What? Come on. Uh, that's that's all programming. That's all programming. And when it comes to our veterans, they are taking orders. They do what they are trained to do. They may not believe in the war. They may not believe uh, you know, in the conflict that they are involved with. But they're taking orders because this is what they were trained to do. And because it was in their heart to serve their country and to protect you and me, buddy, here, how can, how can that be a, a bad choice? How can that be a bad decision on their part? It's not. So Absolutely. we have to keep that in mind when it comes to our veterans um, and, and I think that to recognize them as this is, there are kids there. I mean, you know, I'm 75. I can call them kids. <laughs> they are our people. And, uh, and I love them dearly and I want them to be lifted up. I want people to be more aware and I appreciate you mentioning it here on your show, brother. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a lot of admiration uh, for you for that, just because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, when it comes to patriotism, there's a lot of things that, you know, people like to talk about. And I'm all for that. It's always good to talk about being patriotic. But when I see you doing those concerts and, you know, recording music and, and playing shows for them, that to me is that next level of uh, action speaking louder than words. And I, I like that quite a bit. So, Amen, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for, for speaking on that. And for the work that you do, I think that's great. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. But let's talk about the reason why you're here. You got a new live album out this is rock and roll soul live 1989 yeah man. Uh, this is uh from the archives i guess I, it was recorded at your performance uh at uh, woodstock 20 years after in carson california now i've heard of woodstock 94 and i, I i'm sure you heard about that documentary about um woodstock 99 that was a big disaster oh, was yeah this- man was was this festival put on by the same people who did those, or was this something different? Brother, I couldn't tell you. It, <laughs> it had uh, Chip Monk was there. Okay. You know? Yeah, man, he was announcing, and uh, Wild Man, oh, Wild, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that it had some elements of uh, of Woodstock. The people came to hear the music, man. Bottom line is, we put on a show. They absolutely loved it. And I had totally like lost track of that show. Uh, you know, that's that's a few years ago, brother. And and then when uh my manager, Abby Steinman, he he says, Hey man, these guys found this tape. And uh I said, What tape are you talking about? He says, 1989, you did this, you know, Woodstock uh 20 years after show out in california i went oh wait a minute man you're you're hitting some cobwebs now okay (laughs) you know yeah send me send me the show send me the file see let me see and hear what what they want to release and so uh liberation hall uh is done it and done a fine job on the remastering of it and i I really think the energy's there because it was a live show. There's no uh, 
There's no other theatrics, no bombs going off, no smoke bombs, no fireworks, just uh, music works. And it was working. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I listened to it. I think it sounds great. Super good quality. I'm going to get a, a a copy of the vinyl. I know you've you got the colored uh, vinyl that's coming out. That looks absolutely Man. just terrific. Black and red splattered. Wait a minute here. Wait yeah, a minute. Let's see it. I've got a, a little mocked up copy of it. That's it. You see here that that is terrific. what the vinyl's going to look like. And that's the cover right there. Love so, it. All right. That's my little mini model. <laughs> Very good. And uh, I saw on your website that you're doing uh, signed copies as long as people get their pre-orders in. Yep. All the pre-orders will be signed by me. Once those are gone, once those are sold, I will not be signing anymore. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. That's so, it. Sounds good. So when you were revisiting this tape, you know, I know, you know, over the years of your career, the set list gets changed up from year to year. I, I think there's a couple of songs on that sh show that you don't necessarily play all that much anymore. Uh, upon revisiting this, have uh, have you had any ideas of changing up the set list to kind of take, you know, take you back to that 1989 show? Or there's some lost gems in there that you want to play again? Well, uh, maybe like... Uh... Judgment Day Blues. Some folks don't even know they got it. But they'll be crying when they find out they got that Judgment Day Blues. A lot of people like that song. Even though I wrote that song when I was first getting churched yeah. in, in the modern in the modern day way of churching and learning uh that's that's how I learned not to uh, believe what you know people are saying, but believe what they're doing. Uh, there's some things like uh, Judgment Day Blues. I I don't really believe in that final. Oh, watch out, man! You better, you know, it's almost like Santa Claus. You know, yeah. You better not. How you better not? Santa Claus is coming. You know, Jesus is coming to town. No, uh, the love of Christ, the love of Jesus set me free from that, man. I am I am getting free every day, but I'm setting myself free because this world that we're living in wants to trap us, wants to put us in such a, uh, a state of debt consciousness and not just financial debt. There's, there is hundreds of forms of debt and the problem is, it's all imaginative, you know, imaginative debt. Uh, there's, you can't go buy a box of it at the hardware or at the drugstore. You can't have a dump truck load dumped out in your yard and wade through it to kind of feel what it's like, <laughs> you know. But it's, it's, the problem is it's accumulative. Every bit of debt starts accumulating, and it's in our subconscious. It's not here in the ram it's in the rom oh, <laughs> and, okay and it is building up and building up and we don't realize it because we operate in the ram and uh, but there's this weight building weight building weight building and it's sometimes people can't figure out you know what's wrong but it, it's that weight of of debt consciousness and once we realize 
that we are the only ones who can set ourselves free from it. Thank you, Lord. I, I got, you know, I got turned on to it when I died. I mean, I knew it prior, but I really knew it when I come back into this bone suit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the Judgment Day Blues. I would do that, but I'd also it would also give me an opportunity to to just thank God that we don't have to worry about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that is a good opportunity, and it makes me kind of just think of that time frame. You know, I, I know you 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 wrote some uh you know Christian themed you know rock albums in the eighties, and uh, just a curiosity: Are you a a Bob Dylan fan at all? Uh, not to, I, I don't own any of his recordings. That, no, that's, that's fine. The reason I asked was kind of around the same time you were doing that, he was doing that too. But oh. I, I don't know if he's ever gotten away from that, um, Judgment Day stuff. I, I don't know if he's necessarily as enlightened about that at this yeah. point. And, and what I, I know about with Bob is that when he did that sort of music in the eighties, there was a, a backlash and, and, and people didn't, you know, buy his albums or come out to see him. You know, we're talking about 1989. Did you experience any sort of um, disinterest or, or negative feedback when you were doing more faith-based music in that period of time? <laughs> it just so happens <laughs> that we have done you know, I was playing some large uh, nightclubs and, uh, you know, bars, big bars, uh, casinos. And the the negative backlash came from people that were representing the church. They were picketing my shows. Big festival in the UP. I'm playing up there. They got these signs, you know, uh, you don't belong here. Mark, Mark Farner is not a real Christian. I'm going, oh, man, you are blowing it. You are blowing it. You are blowing it. Uh, you know, and then, but I could not uh, just let it pass. So I had to go and talk to these people with the signs and say, you know, put them damn signs away. <laughs> yeah. Because you are messing it up. Uh, don't you believe that? God wants to get to some of the people in here or maybe, you know, a little love needs to sneak inside them doors. And I'm telling you something, we've had so much joy that we've received from just being uh, ambassadors for love. God is love. Yes. And so we are ambassadors for love. And when that love shows up and it's, not expecting anything in return. It's there to be uh, recognized in, in the field, in your spirit, in your soul. Uh, people get it. And it's so rewarding. It's just like what we were talking about before. It's, it's doing something from your heart. You get rewarded whether you, uh, you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get rewarded. It's not that we do it so that we'll get rewarded but you can't uh you can't sidestep the reward that comes from doing things from your heart and uh that's really part of uh you know going to the prisons i've gone to prisons i've gone to uh to county jails here in northern michigan i've gone to drug rehabs down in florida i've been 
I've been, you know, welcomed into places because of my reputation that I made in the world with my music. And, uh, and then after I speak or after I do a program, uh, people really know who I am. And I have never really adopted the rock star posture. I, I would rather be accepted as people's brothers. Uh, because we all, you know, we all are going to check out of these bone suits <laughs> and uh, we're sharing the air here and sharing the resources here. Um, and, and with that frame of mind and with that attitude, I've been able to, you know, really talk to people and, and get some great results, uh, according to them. Oh, good. You know, well, that's, that's terrific. I mean, so, so you said there was there was uh, like protesters and stuff. Was that all tied into that um, sort of like rock and roll is the devil music, you know, uh, that the satanic panic, if you will, of of the eighties? Do you, do you remember that sort of thing where they were calling like Jimmy Page and Ozzy Satan worshippers? There were like some like politicians who even got in on that kind of thing. Oh yes, yeah, and uh, and we went to my wife and I, Lisa and I've been married forty five years, and uh, so she's been with me through the whole thing, and we went to uh, this, uh, it was like a rally down uh, near Detroit, and there was a guy up there, and it was a, it was religious. It wasn't you know, the stuff that uh, people, the music that I made. Uh, People call it Christian rock and roll or religious rock. I call it God rock. There you go. God rock. Uh, God is love. And that's who I'm lifting up. Uh, but anyways, we went and these people were talking that what you just said, Brother Joe, you know, knocking it, saying it's the devil and all this. I'm going, oh, my God, am I am I sitting here hearing this stuff? I mean, and there is you know, 30, 40,000 people sitting there listening to this stuff. And I'm going, if, it, if one tenth of these people adopt that, their kids are in real trouble, you know, cause they're saying the, the records, you got to go out and break those records. You got to burn those things. You got, you know, it was really bad, but I had to witness that firsthand. Just hearing about it really doesn't do it. But when you sit there, and you feel that persecution, that's not God. Right. That ain't God, man. God wants us free. That puts you in debt consciousness like you wouldn't believe. It puts you deeper in debt. So people go from the worldly debt of their life, and they know that they, they need a change. They've done things wrong. So they go to a church that operates under a 501c3 tax exemption. Yep. And I'm yep. telling you, man, all the churches that operate under a 501c3 tax exemption are operating out of the will of God Almighty because they've given, <laughs> they've given the authority of their ministry to the enemy that owns the Federal Reserve and the Infernal Revenue Service. <laughs> That's oh, who, this is great. Spot yeah. on. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. All right. Uh listen, I I 
we're going to take a left turn to a topic that I have wanted, I've honestly wanted to ask you about since before I even really even knew Grand Funk or your music. Uh, I, I'm 35. I grew up watching The Simpsons. And uh-huh. in one of the best episodes of the show, uh, Homer Simpson says that Grand Funk was his favorite band because of the wild shirtless lyrics of Mark Farner. You guys back there know Grand Funk, right? <laughs> Nobody knows the band Grand Funk? The wild shirtless lyrics of Mark Farner? That is <laughs> such a great moment of that show. Yeah. How how did you react to that when you when you saw the clip or or saw the episode? The first time I saw it, Joe, we were doing a show in Detroit or near Detroit at Pine Knob Music Theater. Oh, it's nice. an amphitheater for the twenty five thousand people sitting there, and they ran this, and I'm standing backstage. And I'm looking at the back of this screen and I'm seeing Homer Simpson and they're in the car and they run this and I'm hearing it for the first time. And I'm going, are you kidding me? And the audience is loving it, man. They are loving it. So uh, I have admiration because I never watched this. I don't watch TV uh, per se. I would I would never, ever, ever watch uh, any mainstream news channels. Because oh, sure. all of them were telling us to get the COVID jab. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people did it. Uh, but uh, so anyways, I don't uh, watch regular TV. We might turn on uh, Amazon uh, Prime oh, and watch okay. an old movie or Netflix, uh, watch something old. I don't like any of the new stuff. Nothing. It's all got this you know twisted bullshit but uh i i saw john uh john mellon camp concert recently and before the show they played like a almost like a half hour uh advertisement that he was doing for turner classic movies where he was talking about how all these classic like movies from the you know 40s 50s and 60s like uh-huh. that's that was John's happy place was rediscovering all that classic media that that still yeah, holds man. up. I, I I get that. Like I, I like that retro stuff a lot more too. Yeah, man. Very cool. Uh, yeah. There's another great moment in The Simpsons where um, Homer says, uh, "Why do you need new bands? Everyone knows Rock attained perfection in 1974. It's a scientific fact. Rock obtained perfection in 1974." And I'm pretty sure Grand Funk had a good year that year. So you got to oh, yeah. that too. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, before we get out of here, I want to ask you uh, about a super, super group that you were a part of. And no, I'm not talking about Ringo because I, I know you get asked about that a lot. I want to hear uh, about what it's like working with um, Jim Peterick and, and World Stage. Uh, I'm a big Jim Peterick fan. I, I've yeah. seen some of your performances with him. I, I saw the song you did with him, which was absolutely awesome. Can you just tell me a little bit about what it's like working with Jim? Well, it's great working with Jim because he's uh, he's very creative, but he's a very appreciative guy. He's his his ear is tuned to music. It really is. If I'm out, you know, in the studio setting up an amplifier and I start 
you know, playing some stuff and just, I'm always jamming on things that are going through my head. I look over, Peter has got his phone recording this stuff. He says, man, that's good. Keep going. <laughs> you know, we're going to make a song out of that. It's, uh, it's great because uh, he's always on. He yeah. is always on. And he lives in that, you know, he doesn't go to the restaurant in dungarees and a flannel shirt and stuff. He goes rocking with his purple hair yeah. and drives up in his Mercedes. I mean, he's a, he's a rock star. And, uh, and he lives that way. And I appreciate that about him. I don't. I do go to the to the restaurant in my dungarees and in flannel shirts and and people don't even know that I'm me. But the ones that do around where I live in Michigan, they let me be. They they're not coming over and you know asking me for an autograph while I'm in the middle of taking a bite. But uh, you know, Jim is kind of like uh, Alice Cooper in that regard because Alice is a rock star all the time well he cannot disguise it right <laughs> no he just can't and he'll be in the middle of taking a bite of spaghetti and somebody from the kitchen comes out with an album you know alice cooper album mr cooper could you he'll put that fork down grab the and he'll sign that thing i mean that's how devoted he is uh, to the fans, he's a great guy. He's a great Christian man. Yeah, and Detroit, yeah. right? Another Michigan yep. guy. Absolutely. Yeah, part of a you know you and him part of a great uh, tradition of Michigan music. I'm a, I'm a neighbor. I'm in Wisconsin, so I enjoy you guys. You know, very close by. Uh, so on on the note about autographs, let's let's close out by saying that anyone watching or listening should get your autograph the right way. We should pre-order this vinyl that's out. Uh, it looks terrific. Uh, like I said, I've, I've listened to the digital copy. I can't wait to get uh, the vinyl version of it uh, for my collection. I'm definitely going to get a signed uh, edition too. So uh, any any tour plans for next year? Oh, yeah. There's there's some dates lining up uh, already, and it's, it's looking good. There's a lot of um, interest. Uh, from South America, I think we're going to probably go back to South America. And there's some interest from Japan. So uh, there's uh, there's the foreign interest. And we'd, we love playing the U.S., of course. Oh, yeah. But uh, I wanted to mention, too, besides that vinyl, there is the CD, DVD. You can get all three versions, and all three versions are signed by yours truly. Okay, so get those pre-orders in by November 17th? Yes. Okay. Uh, Mark, this has been awesome talking to you. I really enjoyed this. If your tour brings you to, you know, the Wisconsin area, I hope I can come out and see you. I'd love to shake your hand and say thank you for this, man. This has been really great. Well, if you see, you know, that we're going to be anywhere near you, you get a hold of Melissa because we'll get you in and we'll uh, – do a shake and howdy. I like to meet you eyeball to eyeball. I see, you know, I'll recognize you when I look at that kisser. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, man. Thanks again, Mark. This has been a real treat. Best of luck with the new CD. I cannot wait to, to get a copy. And hopefully we can talk again soon, man. This has been fun. Yeah, yeah surely. Yeah.
Uh, All thank right. you, Joe. God bless you. And if I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Likewise, Mark. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember the big four things you can do to support this show that don't cost a dime. Number one, listen to the show. If you're hearing this now, that means you did this part already. Thank you. There is an infinite amount of content out there, so you choosing to spend some time listening to this show means a great deal to me. Number two, if you like what we did here, please recommend this show to family, friends, or anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly about music. Share our links in Facebook groups, subreddits, and recommendation threads. Whatever you can do is highly appreciated on my end. Number three, find us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at PlayThatPodcast. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PlayThatPodcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash C slash PlayThatRockNRoll. Lots of great material like photos and vlogs on all three platforms. As Play That Rock and Roll is very much meant to be a content hub as well as a podcast. And finally, the big ask. Number four, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I know this part is a hassle, but it really does help the show a great deal. Not just because it affects the algorithm, but also because it gives me something I can point to when pitching this show to potential guests. The more social media followers and positive ratings the show has, better chance I have for booking high-profile guests for interviews. So if you take a moment to give us even just a five-star rating, you are actively giving us a tool to do bigger, better things here. But whatever the case, I appreciate any and all efforts you take to support us here at Play That Rock and Roll. Be sure to join us next time for more great stories and music in the world of classic rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.